The narrator isn't letting me experience any of these characters for myself, and I also don't really care about any of these characters. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Chapter 13, Nicholas Flamel. Fuck yeah, Nicholas motherfucking Flamel. Here we go. Time to shine, baby. This is what we've been waiting for. Little Nicky. Little Saint Nick. I don't have any more cool nicknames for Nicholas Flamel. So this, the chapter starts with like, hey, remember how Harry was falling into an all-consuming obsession with that mirror that shows him what he desires? Which is a family? Well, Mumblecore convinced him not to worry about that shit, and so we're not going to worry about that shit. And then we get this, like, recurring nightmare where his parents disappear in a flash of green light while a mysterious entity cackles. And this is kind of the second time that we have this whole green light, parents, Voldemort thing. Uh, and then Ron, he tells Ron about it, and Ron's like, See, Mumblecore is right, the mirror is giving you nightmares. And then Unbossy Girl comes back from her Christmas vacation, and she's all like, disappointed in Harry for sneaking around the school after hours, even though she did that with them when they found the dog. And then she's also disappointed that they didn't find out who Nicholas Flamel is. And it's like, hey, unbossy girl, did you fucking ask your dentist parents? How about that? Be disappointed in them, maybe. And then Gryffindor has a Quidditch match against Hufflepuff, which are the dumb working class kids, if you remember. And the captain guy is like, oh, by the way, the referee for our match is Snape. You know, the guy who possessed Harry during the last match, and so we had to set him on fire. Remember that guy? Yeah, he's the ref. And then everyone on the team is like, he's not going to be a fair ref. And Harry's like, yeah, he's not. Also, he's trying to kill me, so there's that. And then Harry tells Sidekick and Unbossy Girl about Snape refing, and they're both like, oh, just like call in sick or whatever. And Harry says he can't because his team doesn't have a backup seeker. So if he calls out, they have to forfeit the entire game. So let me get this straight. Harry, who has played exactly one Quidditch game in his life, is so integral to the team that they have to forfeit if he can't play? What the fuck kind of system is that? There is not a team sport on the planet that does this. Even like two-on-two beach volleyball has reserves. What the fuck, Quidditch? Seriously, get your shit together, Quidditch. And then, okay, so remember that dumb kid who lost his toad? Well, apparently, Dracula Kid put some kind of leg lock curse on him where he couldn't walk, and so he, like, falls into the room, and everyone laughs, and, like, is this supposed to be funny? Because, actually, this is horrifying. It's like, Hogwarts is the fucking last place on Earth that should put up with bullying, and now they're teaching the bullies to do, like, magic bullying? And so then, Harry is like, Cheer up, kid who lost his toad. Here, take a piece of candy that conveniently has a Dumbledore rookie card attached to it that discusses Dumbledore's accomplishments with his partner, Nicholas Flamel? And then, like, all the sirens go off in Harry's head. And then Unbossy Girl is like, oh, check this out. And she goes and gets a book that says, uh, Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. And then no one knows what the fuck the Philosopher's Stone is, so Unbossy Girl makes them read about it, and it says that it's a substance that can turn any metal into gold, and it also makes an elixir that will make you immortal. Eh, 
that's some pretty powerful stuff right there. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good MacGuffin. And then we find out that Flamel is the only known possessor of the Philosopher's Stone, and he and his wife are both like 600 years old, and he likes the opera. So let's talk about the crazy implications of having a literal money-making machine slash immortality potion. Sorry, but Nicholas Flamel should be the most famous person in the world. He has the single-handed ability to completely overthrow the entire economic order, but instead he lets people lead quiet lives of misery and death while he continues to live forever and watch the fucking opera. So that's cool. Second, this dude would easily be the most famous wizard of all. And the fact that they couldn't find his name in any of the books that they scoured for hours and hours about famous wizards, that's just fucking stupid. None of this makes any sense. Why doesn't the book just make the Philosopher's Stone like a secret thing? Not like something that anyone can read about in books or on the back of trading cards. That is just, that is just so stupid. Also, the fact that they've had, that, that he's had this stone for like over 600 years without anyone being able to seize it. What the fuck? This is like mind-bogglingly idiotic. This whole thing is just the dumbest thing that could possibly have happened at this point in the book. And then the book pivots back to Harry, worrying about the stupid fucking Quidditch match. And then this is literally how terrible the prose is. It's trying to set up how much of an asshole Snape is to Harry, and it literally just says, Snape was so horrible to Harry. Like, the narrator doesn't explain how. We don't get any sort of specific description of Snape being horrible. The narrator's like, no, seriously, Snape is a real asshole to Harry. Trust me. Like, why am I reading a book at this point? If the narrator is just going to tell me how the characters are treating each other without showing me, that's not the purpose of a book. It's not a book. Oh, and, and then Herm Hermione was nice to Harry, and Ron was uh, a loyal sidekick to Harry, and Snape was mean to Harry, and Dumbledore was like a mentor to Harry. Like, that's what the fucking book is? That's not a book. And so then the match starts, and Unbossy Girl and Sidekick Ron have this plan where they, they learned that leg lock curse, and they're going to use it on Snape if he gets out of hand. That's a good idea. And then there's this really brief scene where Bossy Girl and, uh, sorry, Unbossy Girl and Sidekick Ron are bickering like an old married couple. So just flag that. And then it turns out that Mumblecore is in the audience. And uh, this makes Harry nervous for some reason, even though everything we know about Mumblecore's personality leads us to believe that he's a total doofus dad joke guy uh, and also a child abuse condoner. And then Harry realizes that Snape won't be mean to him if Mumblecore is watching for some reason, even though we have literally no backstory on these two uh, from the book. And the only thing I know about their relationship is that Snape kills Dumbledore. And the only reason I know that is because it's like a spoiler meme on the internet, which is a place that I spend far too much of my time. So apparently Harry isn't one of those uh, extremely online guys because he has no idea about the spoiler and thinks Snape is, like, scared of Mumblecore or whatever for some reason, even though we don't know why. And then the game starts, and we get, like, the world's worst MST3K from the Dracula kid who is sitting behind Unbossy Girl and Psychic Ron. Here's one of his jokes. Are you ready for this classic joke? He says, They let people on the Gryffindor team because they feel sorry for them. They feel sorry for Harry because he doesn't have parents. And they feel sorry for the Weasel Brothers because they don't have any money. Hey, kid who just lost his toad, I bet you can join the team because you got no brains. 
on to Marco. No, it's it's really bad. And then a uh, kid who lost his toad is like, I'm worth 12 of you, because that was a thing that Harry said to him earlier. And then Dracula kid is like, if brains were gold, you'd be poorer than sidekick Ron. Like, couldn't the narrator at least make the insults interesting? And then Harry does some Quidditch thing, and Dracula kid is like, oh, maybe he found some money to give you, sidekick Ron. And then sidekick Ron is like, I've had it with this dude, and his seriously one-note, boring-ass jokes that aren't even clever or interesting at all. And so he, like, lunges at Dracula Kid. Meanwhile, Harry Potter wins the game, and Sidekick Ron... Like, it really happens that quickly. It's just like, uh, oh, also, Harry won the game. And Sidekick Ron and the kid who lost his toad and Dracula Kid and Pickles and Patty Cake and the whole gang are all fighting. And then Mumblecore is like, well done, Mirror Boy, to Harry Potter because he won the game. And Snape is all, like, an angry emo kid at this point, and he literally spits on the ground. Like, what a fucking child. And then everyone goes to dinner, and Harry sees Snape sneaking off into the forest with, like, a big old musty robe. He's all, like, incredibly conspicuous in his attempt to be mysterious. And then Harry follows him on his big, fancy broomstick, and Snape is meeting with someone named Quirrell, uh, who I think is in one of the earlier chapters, but I've totally forgotten who the fuck he is. And he's like, why are we meeting in these mysterious circumstances? And Snape is all ominously like, the kids aren't supposed to know about the Philosopher's Stone. I hope none of them are on a broomstick spying on us. And then Snape asks the guy, like, have you found out how to get past the beast that's guarding the thing that I want? And the guy's like, eh. And Snape is all, you don't want me as your enemy. And the guy's like, you're right. Let me help you become an all-powerful immortal guy. I see no negative consequences from doing that. For some reason, I just remember that Quirrell is like the professor who's all weird and shy and has no social skills, but he's like a really good wizard or whatever, and I think we've met him a bunch. He's just very nondescript. And then Harry tells his pals about what he overheard, and they were like, you're right, it's exactly as dumb and predictable as we thought it would be. And then they're like, so the Philosopher's Stone is safe as long as Quirrell is able to stand up to Snape, whelp, there goes the Philosopher's Stone, wah, wah, and that's the end of the chapter. So overall, basically any chapter that has a lot of Quidditch is going to be a boring chapter to me, although the fact that the game ends really quickly was really nice, so I like that. The major plot development was incredibly weird and nonsensical, and the thing that I care most about, which is Harry's past, was written off with just like a few lines, just like, oh, Mumblecore told Harry not to worry about that shit, and then Harry started having nightmares, and so we're going to move on to other bullshit. This book is seriously like the definition of one step forward, two steps back. You know, at least we're past the approximately 11 chapters of throat clearing and nonsense and starting to get into something that is resembling a forward plot progression. Even though I'm not entirely keen on where things are going, at least I'm to the point where I'm now thankful that things are going anywhere at all. But more to the point, I think the thing that I realized is that I don't love to hate Snape. Compared to the villains in, in the world that I think are really well done, I'm just not seeing that he's, like, cool. He's pretty generic, he's pretty cartoonish, and not even, like, in a fun cartoonish way. Like, think about the villains that really intrigue you or make you excited to hate them. Like, the Heath Ledger Joker, or uh, Ramsay Bolton from Game of Thrones, or even Cersei Lannister, or even Joffrey Lannister, or uh, Christian Bale's character in American Psycho. These are some fucking villains. You hate them, but you're also, like, fascinated by them you can't stop watching them there's there's a sense of dread every time that they're on the screen 
or Robert Durst in the Jinx, I think that's an insanely interesting villain right there. Because you understand, like, you get where he's coming from, even though you also see that he's, like, a completely broken, fucked up person who will who will do absolutely anything to achieve his goals. Or, or just if he feels threatened in any way, he will just lash out. But he's, like, very compelling. And I'm actually reading this other fantasy book right now called Prince of Thorns. Uh, and the main character is like an anti-hero guy who's super sadistic, but his uh, psychology makes perfect sense, and I'm both repulsed and weirdly drawn to him. And I could tell you why, like I could explain his entire psychological makeup. I can completely understand where he's coming from at, at any moment. The things that he does that are crazy and sadistic are, in fact, crazy and sadistic, but they also make sense from his internal logical perspective. But Snape has no interesting qualities. He's just like textbook, bland, boring, evil guy. We have no backstory on him. There's nothing I find particularly compelling. What's his story? Why should I care? Can I make any sort of sense of why he's so weirdly evil? Right now the answer is no. And same with Dracula Kid. He's just a boring bully. There's nothing substantive at the heart of his character. There isn't any sort of, oh my god, what's he going to do next quality to it. There's no, oh, that's like a really interesting way to be mean. There's none of that. Even his insults are not funny or clever or creative. At least let him be like a good zinger guy. I feel like the narrator has this view where if they're a bad person, you don't need to worry about their characterization. Just make them do mean things to Harry Potter and that's all it takes. And don't even describe the mean things. Just be like, oh, hey, he did a mean thing to Harry Potter one time. He's really horrible. But that's not true. I want to hate a character. I honestly think that Dudley Dursley is probably the most compelling villain of this piece. But I doubt I'll even see any more of him. And who knows, maybe I'll learn about Snape and his backstory and his prime motivators and such. Hell, I have six more fucking books of this idiot. But as things stand right now, I am unimpressed. I do not like him as a villain. He's just boring. Alright, that's all.